Hello, and welcome to the Lair of Lore. I am Steven. And I'm Miriam. Yay, we did almost like we planned that. Wait, I thought we were the Labyrinth of Lore, not the Lair of Lore. Oops, sorry, we are the Labyrinth <laughs> of Lore, which is a Lair of Lore podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we almost did it. Almost like we planned it. <laughs> It's late. I already work today, and I have to work tomorrow. I don't care anymore. Midterms. Midterms. You also have to work tomorrow. I do. Yeah. And I have midterms. I have to do two. It's two jobs tomorrow. Oh, have fun with that. Yay! I was just going to say that I know you have to work tomorrow, because that's the reason why I get to come in and leave early. Yay. Yay. Mm -hmm. Remember, you actually like me. Remind me in the to talk about at the end bits and bobs about the oh god so i won a culinary competition which means now i have to go to more and they're having me practice it's not fun <laughs> oh dear yeah it i i am trained as a baker not as a cook it didn't go super well like the food was good i could have almost killed someone but we'll go over that in the bits and bobs okay. I'll remind you. Thank you. Much so, like work. So we are uh, the Labyrinth of Lore, a lore, vorthos, story, flavor, art, whatever you want to call it, focused podcast. And Essentially, if we think it's cool, we're going to talk about it. Pretty much. We very much like storytelling in general. We especially like the way that art and flavor text and even just the way cards work can be used to tell the story, which frankly is what most of this episode is going to be about. So sit back and relax and enjoy this new podcast. Yep. But before we start that, we last episode went over all of the magic stories for Innistrad that had been out at all. Of course, because we record on Tuesdays, immediately another one came out as soon as we were done. So, do you want to talk about that one? Because you told me who was in it, and I immediately went, I'm not going to read that right now. Yeah, I think of the two of us, I was the only one who was like, well, I'm, we should just at least see what's going on. Um, I, so I was the, going to look at it, and then you said, oh, it." you told me it's a Jace thing, and I went, I don't care anymore, bye. Like, it literally talks about it in the, like, there's a little... So, um, with any of the magic, the official magic stories, there's, like, a little, like, little teeny tiny pot, like, uh, almost, like, flavor text of its own for describing what is happening or what happened last time. Um, so, essentially, Jace, uh, in the last story, The Mystery of Markov Manor, uh, was looking for Soren Markov, and he was exploring the, the like, the twisted remains of Markov Manor, I'm where he found... He, he had a Jean Grey syndrome. Yes, a we'll that one, way. A bunch of screaming people in his head made him go he... a little bit crazy. <laughs> Much like Avicen herself. Um, just, so... just less murderous. Anyway! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, in The Mystery of Markov Manor, Soren... Uh, not Soren. Jace finds uh, a journal, which we believe to be Tomio's journal, um, as there actually is a card in the artifacts for this set called Tomio's journal, and I it think refers you to. No, it's Tomio's journal. They don't. They don't go right out and say. 
uh, the, like they describe neat calligraphy. Um, but we know that he has Tomio's journal in yes. some of the cards, so I think that's it. I still want to know why this random dude who's stuck in Markov Manor had it, but... Exactly. So right now he is looking for more information about Soren, kind of what's going on on the plane, essentially doing what Jace likes to do best is find information about what's going on. So right now he's currently exploring um, Gavany, which is part of, which is a region, I believe. Um, uh, I think yes, it's, it was, I think uh, it's, it's sort of one of the, it's generally supposed to be a green white region. It's human focused, sort of civil, civilized, but still has like natural elements. It's not like Thraben, which is the big mm-hmm. cathedral city that, is generally con- uh, connected with like green, white, and black, white, uh, black, blue. For I believe under- the Ulvenwald Forest is near that somewhere. Uh, Uvenwald is sort of, if I remember correctly, it's basically Uvenwald is the thing that surrounds Kessig, and that yes. you have to go through to go from Gavany to Kessig. You have to go through the Uvenwald. That's what I was thinking because they they reference it in the very first story, and I'm like, I want a map somewhere. A map would be lovely. What where everything is. While you do that, maps see awesome. if there is one, because I thought they put out one at some point. Um, so, as Steven is currently looking for the map, which is kind of awesome, uh, Jace is reading the journal and kind of exploring the region of Gavany. Um, like, the story itself is peppered with different uh, entries, where it looks like Tamio is essentially trying to figure out what is going on on, um, Innist- on Innistrad, um, with the 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 lycanthropes, with the angels, with all of it. Like um, she in the first entry, she is given the corpse of a werewolf, and she does an autopsy. Just and is she talks about the anatomy being different, things like that. As he keeps, he's a. It, uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain it essentially the whole entire story is him exploring peppered with journal entries um so he uh stumbles upon a um cryptolith and is like i'm gonna follow it i'm gonna figure out where it's going because it's making weird buzzing noises and he finds that sounds um, like the best idea ever he touches it too like he literally he's like i don't know what this is touch and it like zaps him because that's, that's logical. Hmm, I don't know what it is. Let me touch it with a bare hand and see what it actually is. That's real smart. Um, so let's see. He, literally this is just him exploring, uh, things like that. It got a little weird at the, towards the end. Like, it wasn't very clear. Um, so he makes it into, uh, a town near Gavany like a village, um, but there's a place called the Drownyard, and they essentially he comes upon a ring of cryptoliths in the Drownyard. Actually, that there's a full art for that, uh, the Epiphany at the Drownyard, which is one of the cards, and he gets information from like this fisherwoman who's like kind of going nut jobs. Um, he's seeing like these weird duplicates. He's having another like Jean Grey style. Um, meltdown, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, and these 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 duplicates are like uh, causing him trouble. It was really confusing. I honestly think I need to read it again to figure out 
what exactly is happening. But essentially, Jace has found the drown yard. There's a big old ring of cryptoliths with what looks like a portal. There's a card that uh, uh, does this. Is it Drown Yard Temple? Yes, exactly. It's yeah. So you can see it, kind of see it in Epiphany at the Drown Yard, and then you can also see it in Drown Yard Temple. And this has, like, full art for this, and it's actually I'm, really cool. I'm just going to point out that Drown Yard Temple has the dumbest flavor text that basically surmises why I don't like uh, Jace, which is, this is it. All the cryptoliths point to here. Jace Bellerin. It's like, yes, they all point to here. It's a giant circle in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Literally, you could have asked, I, I think the someone on the mana pool mentioned this, like, you could have just asked anyone on Innistrad, <laughs> what's with these things? He's like, uh, but there's a big circle of them at Defolia, and they all point that way. Exactly, and also the fact that he's like, I don't know what this is, I'm going to touch it. Because <sighs> that's really smart. That is rather literally how the Eldrazi got released initially. Wow. Although I'm pretty sure in that case it was, I know... It made very little sense because it was a bunch of people's faults, but the basic idea is that it somehow was Jace, Sarkon, Chandra, and kind of Nissa's fault. Yeah. No, he just, he's not... Because they poke things. Not. It's like, don't touch it! If you don't want know what it is, don't touch it. <laughs> it. He's like a little child who is trying to explore something, so if you don't know what it is, you stick it in your mouth. But but it can't hurt me. I'm Jace. I'm the main character. I very nearly swear- I ne very nearly dropped a curse word right there, so be proud. Yeah. What a bloody idiot. Yup. However, I will also point out that Drown Your Temple is now the most recent wallpaper, and it actually looks pretty sweet. No, it's like, as I said, the full part is really cool. It's cool to see the details. Um... It's kind of awesome because it looks like there's lightning collecting on the edges of some of the cryptoliths. Yeah, and it seems so, to be spreading between them as well. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of cool. It's like, and what's going to happen next? It's probably going to be a portal. I, I, I'm kind of thinking there's a portal because there's, there's a big glowy light in the middle. Usually when there's a big glowy light in the middle, something's going to come like busting out of it like yeah and we've established oh, that nahiri is using the cryptoliths to somehow manipulate the mana of zendikar liliana is too to a certain extent i assume that nahiri has basically set it up specifically for herself and anything beyond that is just other people taking advantage of something that's already being done essentially she's it she smashed through a wall but that doesn't mean people other people can't get through the cracks yeah like the the way is now open uh, I think very much it's she's trying to sort of create the bizarre... Uh, Zendikar was well-known because it had this very strange mana that just shifted constantly. Mm -hmm. Namely, it had this thing called the Royal that was this empowering force that just moved across the entire continent and would just reshape the land as it passed by because it was just... the mana was chaotic. So I assume she's trying to do something like that because they used the weird, crazy mana to draw the Eldrazi to Zendikar the first time. You wonder what this portal keeps making me think of? Mm. You know in Avengers when the other world... For some reason I can't remember what they're called. Uh, Jatari. Uh, yes, the Jatari are like, busting through a portal. Yep. It's what it makes me think of. I'm like, I'm kind of terrified to know what's going to come busting through that portal because I'm just like... It's not going to be good. It's See, and I'm pretty like sure it. I have an idea what's coming through, but at the same time, 
I don't know what it's going to look like through the lens of Innistrad oh, versus Zendikar. There's a card that makes me think. <sighs> Darn it, let me find the silly card, okay. and I will draw your attention to it, because I think that's what's going to come through the portal. It's going to be scary. It's going to suck for all who have to encounter it. Well, while you look for that, be- I have found a couple of maps for Innistrad. There's never been an officially released one. There's mm-hmm. one that I'm hating less than the others, mostly because it actually has Kessig and Kaveny next to each other. <laughs> Though I don't like that it's got Thraben at the exact center of Gavany, so... But it's mm-hmm. better than some of the other ones that are like... It has Gavany up in, like, the top... It it just makes very little sense. None of them yeah, make a hell of a lot of sense, but this is the least... The one that fills me with the least hatred. Ah. Oh, by the way, I got a booster pack over the weekend that I opened. So I should... It's kind of fun. I'm also being really good because uh, Alex ordered a booster box. And you're and not opening any of them? I have literally opened the box but I that it was shipped in, but I have not touched anything in there. So I am being incredibly well-behaved and showing enormous self-restraint. Ah. Uh. I'm just I'm looking really at this and going, like, wow, thank god we don't have anything weird like the Dominaria map, where they actually established where all the things were, and it was a massive pain in the butt. Parker in hell, where is it? Like, I'm trying to find it. Like, it it looked like, for some reason, it made me think of the Eldrazi, which is why I think that's what's going to come through. If I can find the stupid thing. Oh, and I finally figured out why exactly it is that I keep mispronouncing Ormond. Ormondal, Ormondal as Ormenthal, because Ormondal. like two other podcasters who I listen to have been saying Ormondal or Ormenthal. God, son of. And I mean, that's not it. That's not his name. I think that's we have, not his name. I think we have sufficiently <laughs> established that his name is actually just. And it's not even just me. Every other podcast who I've listened to talk about him is just like, no, his name is totally Ormondal. You have to do like a voice with it. Like it. It doesn't. Saying Ormondal. That just, that doesn't, that's not promoting. Yeah. They're like, oh, he took over for Grizzle, uh, Grizzle Brand. It's like, Ormondal. Yeah. Like, you almost have to, like, rasp it deep in your throat, like a guttural voice, and just breathe through it. Plus, that card is actually seeing a bunch of play. <sighs> I actually drew one. Oh, Oh, nice. no, I didn't. Actually, I didn't. Sorry, my older brother did. Ah. Um, I was in Penn State, and... We stumbled across a comic book store that we had been to before, which was kind of awesome. And he bought a one of the pre-release boxes that they had. And not only did he get that, he also got Jace and some other really cool cards. Nice. I believe it's uh, the Wandering... What is it? It's like a cathedral. Where are you? Uh, West, oh, wait. Mm. The one I'm thinking of, Westvale Abbey, but that's the one that turns into Ormondal. That's what he pulled. Oh, yeah. Westvale Abbey. He put, he pulled, pulled Westvale Abbey. I'm sorry. I'm still like slightly on East Coast time. Um, getting better at it, but like not that better. I'm just realizing that they stopped. I forgot that they stopped doing the Planeswalkers Guide articles. I really miss those. Okay, They're- since I can't find what it is, which is wondering if I had like a strange fever dream of this because it was like really cool it looked it made me think based on the shape of it it made me think kind of eldrazi-esque ah is why i'm wondering if it's a flip card but i would find out if i do find it um 
I will point it out and be like, this, this was the thing. Okay. So. Well, so we do you want to move on to our actual topic for the week? Yes. Flavored, flavored acts. No, 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 no. That's, that's next week. Oh, whoops. It's the, uh, flavor of the mechanics. Ah, yes. <laughs> oops. I definitely prepped for next week this week. Well, then, do you really <laughs> away, want Stephen. to... Well, no, no, no. Do you want to talk about the brief rundown of what we're going to be doing next week, since we were going to talk about it a little bit anyway? Sure. And I feel like as you start to talk about it, I it will click in my brain, and I will have something constructive to say. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Um... Okay, so the deck that I, the framework of a skeletal deck that I'm building right now is I'm calling the Innistrad Undead, um, which is primarily a blue-black deck with vampires and zombies. I'm um, so confused. Why? Because that's not what we talked about last time. Did we? I might have, no. like, gotten a weird idea in my head. This is possible. Yeah, because the initial idea was that actually that you were going to be designing the Inquisition slash mob hunting down the werewolves. Ah, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I, I, I talked about doing that, or I, ha- I also had the idea for a vampire zombie deck. I can do both! <laughs> uh, let's focus on... I, I have already built most of the werewolf decks, so let's focus on the Inquisitor. Basic idea is that next week we will be playing two different decks against each other through some sort of means. Namely, we are designing decks uh, flavorfully that will pull cards only from this set, and the previous Innistrad block. Probably not too much from Avacyn Restored, but we'll just have to wait and see. I just don't think a lot of the cards are going to fit with our themes. I think I saw one or two that fit with mine. Basic idea that we're doing is the Inquisition and the mob that they have whipped up to chase down the werewolves versus the werewolves trying not to die. Mostly by killing people first. Pretty much. So a lot of like playing human characters and uh, angelic characters to kind of see how it'll go. And there's also some really cool flip cards that would work really well for this. Like um, yeah. uh, Avicennian missionaries turning to Lunark Inquisitors. Yeah. Stuff like that, which we the think basic, would be really fun. I think fun. the basic idea for the Inquisition one is going to be very much a red-white pseudo aggro deck it's probably going to be quite aggro but with some mid-range ability near the end yeah so that it doesn't peter out yeah a lot more and even just looking at the card art it tends to be supported by that yeah it's probably going to be quite angry the the werewolf deck i'm trying to build around the idea of werewolves transforming and punishing people for trying to make them transform back or just preventing them what on earth is that um that would be a plane flying overhead it's a plane like right outside your window i know right isn't it fun hell but yeah (laughs) my deck is the werewolves is going to try and focus a little bit more strictly on not transforming back or punishing people for trying to make them turn back into humans basically where mine is more gonna be very like humans stab quick die now Basically, we're going to fight you down, we're going to kill you if we can. It's probably going to be more of a, we will potty, uh, a bile, pile up all the bodies we need to kill them. Pretty much. So, probably a stairway made out of the trampled underlings of the mob or something. What a beautiful thought. Yeah. 
I mean, it fits with, like, that's the big thing about Innistrad was you start playing it and go, oh, yeah, there's all these monsters and, like, trying to protect the humans and then realizing that, oh, oh, the humans are the real monsters. Okay, then. Yeah. That actually could be a fun thing to play with as well. Yeah. It should be very interesting. I think we'll just have to wait and see how they turn out. We're going to knock them out, like the actual decks, a little bit more closely together in a bit. But that will be what we're doing next episode. Yes. So this episode, we were going to talk about the flavor of the different mechanics in Innistrad. Yes. So mostly focusing on current, but maybe a little bit past. So the big mechanics that we have right now are Madness, which is a sort of returning mechanic. We have Delirium. Um, which is essentially, uh, it's an exile mechanic based on card no, types in your graveyard not for exactly. Delirium. It's, uh, uh, it is what is referred to as Goyf Threshold. It looks at what, how many card types you have, and if you have a certain amount, then cards get bonus effects. Yes, my bad. It's usually, uh, sorry, uh, the card I was looking at specifically had an exile effect uh, with that. It's essentially four, it looks at your graveyard, and if you have four or more card types, you can get these um, special effects and bonuses. Yeah. In most cases, it's, this is something that actually appears in many sets, like uh, Mirrodin, or Scars of Mirrodin, had Metalcraft. If you control three uh, artifacts, then you get some sort of bonus. These are, I want to say it's an ability word? I have not looked at this recently. Where technically... The ability refers to the the word is codified to refer to if these specific terms are met, then something happens, but it's not the same every time. Then I don't believe there are too many other mechanics beyond obviously the transform and the werewolf specific transform clause. And I mean, oh, I don't uh, uh, clue tokens. Clues are a mechanic that we should talk about a little bit. Yeah. That plays into the whole Jace is trying to find information. Yeah, but it's also not just Jace, too. It's a bunch of other people as well. Yeah, it's Avacyn. People trying to figure out what is going on with Avacyn. With Arlen Cord trying to figure out what is going on in her forest. And if I can find it, there's actually a thing that has all of the clues art on them. So I'm going to see if I can pull that up, because they are very different. Like, there are tokens for all of them, and they're very cool. Let me see if I can find some really cool buttons. cards um, that use these mechanics that we were just talking about. Because yeah, um, let's see. I'm just trying to remember if there's one mechanic that we're forgetting because I get mm-hmm. the feeling there probably is. Mm, let me do a quick scan. I don't believe so. That looks. Those are the two that come to mind that are definite. Um, oh well, yeah. There's investigate, which is um, I. There's investigate. Yeah, like that's, you mentioned. The, that's the clues. Um, yeah. Delirium, for example, like the uh, card Traverse the Olvenwald. So if you have four, there the so that is a one forest cost card, um, which is the sorcery, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. If you have four or more card types of, among cards in your la- in your graveyard, Instead, search your library for a creature or land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. So you can get stuff from this, which is kind of cool. Um, certain things, like just depending on your card, you can um, you can build more. You can build your army larger, or, or you can take out creatures that you think can be problematic for you, just based on the card itself. 
Um, let's see. Flirium. So the, the big thing, though, that we want to talk about more is what the flavor behind these mechanics is. Yeah. So we've got two different big ones that really reflect on the biggest themes of the set, where we've got Madness and Delirium. So Madness is, if this card would be discarded, oh, what are the exact wordings on it now? Now I believe it is Exile It. You then choose to pay either the Madness cost and cast it as though you had just played it from your hand, or you just discard it normally. The idea here being that in most cases, the game sort of treats your hand as though it is your, like, what is currently on your mind, things that you have spells and things that you have ready. So this is losing little pieces of your mind, but getting some sort of incremental benefit out of it. Precisely. Yeah, in most cases, casting something for the madness cost it will cost less. Uh, in some cases, it actually will cost more, or will give you an option to like pay X where you did where you couldn't before, like um, under the floorboards. I think normally is I want to say it's three and a black, or is it three and two black? For shadow, what was it under yeah, the floorboards? Under the floorboards. I can just look it up, silly me. No worries. I'm also pulling up, uh, I'm trying to find a list of all the cards with madness on them, just to kind of give uh, an example. Oh, that's horrifying. Undertheflooboards.com is a thing. Oh, oh, this is literally things people found under their floorboards. That's horrifying. Okay, the card is for three colorless and two black. Haha, I guessed it on the first try. Put three two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield, tapped, and you gain three life. However, if you pay for it for the madness cost, it is X and two black, where in this case you get X two two zombie tokens and gain X life. So you could just pay three again and get three zombies, or you could pay mm-hmm. more. Then delirium, I'm sort of interpreting as what's happening after you've done this a lot. Like you've begun, you've you're no longer just sort of going mad. You've gone and, off the deep end. So instead of like little fits, instead of like little mini fits of madness, you you're essentially. Um, Existing in a fit of deliriousness. Yeah, it is, or delirium. it is turned on now. You cannot undo it without serious effort. Yeah. And this is where we start seeing... There's actually a really wonderful card that I think sums up what delirium is in flavor perfectly. Which I think I've actually mentioned on the show already. Last episode, maybe two episodes ago, is Reaper of Flight Moonsilver. As a normal card, it's just sort of meh. Like, it's not bad at all. Let me just pull up the actual card. I'm totally professional and uh, had that ready. No, I didn't. There we go. (laughs) So normally it is a 3-3 flying angel for 3 and 2 white. That's not bad, but it is by no means good. However, if you have delirium, it gains the ability sacrifice another creature. Reaper Flight Moonsilver gets plus 2 plus 1 until end of turn. Activate this ability only if you have Delirium. This is literally... uh, I think this is the exact stats of it, too. Let me just make sure before I pull my head out of my butt. Yes, it is. So there is a card that is three colorless and three black, is also a creature angel, and is a 3-3 with flying, and has Sacrifice a Creature 
and gain plus one plus two plus one. However, it's a black angel called Fallen Angel. This is literally white gaining a black ability because it's trying to go completely bonkers. And I see that right here. Hello. Yeah. I just very much like that as an idea. It's definitely cool. Yeah, it's Actually, that, especially it's pulling powers from its complete opposite, like one of its two enemy colors. So another thing that kind of... I was going... While you were uh, looking for uh, the specific card and talking about uh, Reaper of Flight Moon Silver, mm-hmm. I was looking through the booster pack that I pulled. Um, because I know some of the things I pulled did have madness and some did have delirium. Um, for example, the card Biting Rain. Um, it's literally just a quick sorcery, minus two, minus two until end of turn. Um, so madness, the flavor text for this is on Innistrad, it is seldom wrong to stay indoors. Um, it's just, it's kind of cool. It's just, it's cool to see how these new mechanics play into the story of the game and how essentially people on Innistrad are starting to go a little bonkers. A little bit. I mean, there's even more cards where... It looks like people are starting to change or mutate in some way. Like, you can look at many different cards and start seeing weirder things. Like, I want to say it's... Oh, it's uh, the the werewolf who's a forge person. Oh, that guy. He had a story. It was sad. No, uh... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, actually. But no, what's his name? Is it Forge? It's not Forge Stoker that's totally been used. It's a green card, if that helps at all. No, it's red. Wait, are we thinking of the same card? Uh, no, probably not. I might be not. thinking of the wrong card. I'm talking, it turns into, f- I think it turns into Flameheart Werewolf. Let's see. Oh, um, oh, go- oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, um, Kessig Forge, Forge Master. Master. Yeah. Kessig Forge Master turns into Flameheart Werewolf. Yes. If you look at its art, very, god, why are, that's not actually an image. Darn you, cool stuff. This is not, if you click to zoom in on a picture on cool stuff, it doesn't actually zoom in on my computer. Uh, if you look at this card, it has two right thumbs. I on, totally just noticed that. On uh, their, I think it's the right hand. I can't see very close art here, but it looks like it's on the right hand on so. both images. But yeah, you if you look through, there's weird stuff like this all over Innistrad now. Just we've slightly got, wrong. Yeah, we've got incorrigible youths with all of the, like, one dude has a tentacle, people have eyyes where they don't belong. Oh, there's, there's, the a, there's an artifact for that. There's magnifying glass where you're looking at an eye, a very, very tiny eye that is growing out of someone's shoulder. Precisely. That's the one that I was thinking about. Yep. It's creepy. Um, oh, God. There was a card whose art was used in one of the stories. He's got the eye that's, like, yeah. weirdly bigger than another. It was used in the Gitrog monster. <laughs> Yeah. And I the card's name. I'm trying to find it right now. He's got it... a bunch of stuff messed up with him, actually. Oh, it's behind the scenes. That's that's his name. Yeah. Then oh gosh, that just... card's even creepier. Yeah. As as you move through, it seems like more and more people are having some sort of horrifying thing. Exactly. Uh, there's even oh, it's <laughs> I want to say it's grotesque mutation. It's a black card. I want to say it's I I. The name would have me think that it's an yeah. enchantment. Uh, it's an instant, so you're close. Okay. The, Ew. That's so dumb. Oh god, that's so Yeah, gross. grotesque mutation, which is this taken way too far. Where someone I has... Mean, I mean, the lifelink makes sense with that art. <laughs> if if you don't know what this is, it's an instant that yeah. is uh, one colorless and a black. 
target creature gets plus three, plus one, and gains lifelink until end of turn. They may or may not have a hand growing out of the center, or a mouth growing out of the center of their palm. And the rest of their hand isn't doing too much better either. No, it was all weird and tentacly. Yeah. And the fact that they were hiding it under a pair of lo- what looks like gloves. Yeah, I bet that's probably a vampire, just because they yeah. tend to be noble-ish, or used to be. I mean, even if you look slightly further down, murderous compulsion. Looks like there's something weird going on with the side of the head. It's a black card. Yeah, I've actually got it right here as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing anything particularly, but I'm also seeing uh, teeny, teeny, tiny art. Okay, so if you look at the side of the murderer's head, it looks like it's... It looks like he has a growth on his neck and his face is twisted. I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was just, like... Scarification? Um, just weird lighting or that, yeah. But yeah, yeah, a it, lot of people seem to be kind of screwed up in at least some way. And then, I mean, we've also got... Here's another one for... Uh, Hair of Falconrath is another one that... Technically, it's a madness enabler, but it still has to do with this idea of discarding is the uh, loss of at least immediate control, where for it's a uh, 2 1 4 1 in a black, so it's a piker. Discard a card, transform Air of Falconrath, activate this ability only once each turn. I don't know why it actually has that anymore, because that would. Oh, oh, so you can't just use it as a discard engine. Okay. Uh, when it turns into. Air of the Night, which is a 3-2 flying vampire berserker. I That was one of my favorite cards. I brought that up to you. Yeah, and that was the one where I had to show you that the negative space was used to make a bat. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Have you flipped Kindly Stranger yet? Um, you should check out Fli- Kindly the, Stranger. I remember that was a horrible one, but I don't remember what it does. Just, just check it out. and just again. I think she also has a horrifying mutation. I think it's something like Double Pinkies. Well, if you look at that and then flip it, she becomes just terrifying in general. Yeah, the demon-possessed witch. Essentially, she goes from like this, oh, look, little, little one, let me make you some cookies or something. No, do not she... talk to creepy old ladies out in the middle of the woods. It's a bad idea. Oh, oh, you don't talk to creepy old ladies who live in the woods? No, never. Especially in eh. on Innistrad. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's the basic idea. Is you've got this madness <laughs> is the short-term burst of like i don't know why i did that that was weird and delirium is the i have succumbed i don't care anymore just let's do this let's do this i mean also if you look let me pull up a card really quick with madness just because i have an i have a theory about this like madness if you think about just madness in general it'd be a short-term thing like a quick yeah and effect. that's the Whereas idea delirium, that, you, delirium uh, you have to have the cards built up in your graveyard to actually use it yeah it's it's the result of being mad for too long yeah and Especially... that's the sort of ideas that discard in general is supposed to be immediate like loss of concentration or something probing like the closest the top of your thoughts whereas milling so taking the top card of your library and putting directly into the graveyard is supposed to be idea, the idea of something actively breaking down your mind. Not just yeah. going, ooh, let's take this one little bit off the top of your head. It's just, no. Just, there goes your early childhood. There goes a little bit more. That I sort mean, of stuff. A good, another good indication of that would be Pick the Brain. Oh, I don't even remember what Pick the Brain does. Oh, again, it's got that fantastic art that we yes, both, we, like, we both madly love fell in love with. Koros art and... He doesn't get to do a ton each set, but he does some really good stuff. This card is, like, so wonderful. 
wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful, uh, especially for lighting. Yeah. Uh, so, Pick the Brain is a cost of swamp and two to cast. It's a black card. Uh, it's a sorcery target. Opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-land card from it and exile the card. Delirium. If there are four more card types among the cards in your graveyard, search that player's graveyard. Hand and library for any number of cards with the same name as the exiled card. Exile those cards, and then that player shuffles his or her library. Yeah, it's a really good... This is very much the extreme of, like, a little, little bit of, like, play with your head, and then it's when you have delirium, so you're willing to go a little bit farther into this person's mind. It goes much, much worse for them. Precisely. Precisely. That's, like... It's inter... Like... See, I knew I would have stuff to talk about as we started talking. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then there's still sort of a human sub-theme, which is, I guess, its own sort of thing. It's that humans tend to band together in some way. Yeah. In some cases, it's because they're easy to sacrifice, but not always. Or, or like an angry mob with torches. Yeah, so far there is not a plain human, like a jobless human card, but that didn't come in until later in original Innistrad, and they were all red because they were, like, jobless and angry about it. Mm -hmm. So far, the big things are just humans working together, angels mostly working against humans. I mean, there's a card that literally is an unruly mob. Yeah, well, that was a, that was from... That's one of the, like, three cards that was reprinted <laughs> from original Innistrad into this one. Oh, really? Yeah. We've got a weird thing that isn't so much mechanic but is just interesting where we've got the vampires becoming more not so much militant i guess but actually like joining together in a similar way that the humans are to yeah. form i guess yeah basically militant to become an army mm -hmm. that is ready mm -hmm. to defend not only markov but also just innistrad itself from the angels and mm -hmm. whatever nahiri's doing yeah theme wise all of the humans have either a career or they're part of the mob. Yeah. And they're then clerics, soldiers and knights primarily. Yeah. And then you've got the lovely mob, the angry mob. Yeah, and by remember that by mob we do not mean like gang mob, we mean like a group of people who are looting. They have torches and they have pitchforks. Yeah, and they mean so at the same time we've got I like how in the first set it was very much like the the ghoul callers and the stitchers who made the black and the blue zombies respectively were just sort of like, oh yeah, the angels are gone. That makes our lives easier. Now they're just like, for some reason, the angels aren't able to, f or they're mostly good about hiding from the angels. So they're just like, yeah, no, we've just been having fun and making new weird stuff. Yeah, he's kind of weird. Like they don't, in general, they don't seem to care too much about the situation on Innistrad beyond just like, well, I mean, people are killing angels so I can go use angels for my zombies now so that's fun like i have angel parts to yeah. use so exciting i mean the devils and demons seem to just sort of be okay with it there is a cool new sub thing with devils where we've got the a bunch of uh, i think there's only two now things that make these devil tokens that are one ones that when they die also deal one to a creature or player but yeah, all... Dance with Devils is one of them. And then there's another one, but none of them just make one. They all make a bunch. Let's see. So two, that that four... might as well be a mechanic on its own. Okay, the only one that doesn't so far that I've, I'm looking at... Okay, there's two so far that I can see. There's Gibbering Fiend and Hulking Devil. 
No, no, I'm just talking about the cards that make the devil tokens. Oh, yeah, no, so those are sorcery. So that yeah. makes... The first one is Dance with Devils, um, and it's two 1-1 one, one devil tokens. And even if you kill it, it's still going to do damage. Oh, yeah, and then there's a Devil's Playground that makes which four. Is, yeah, which is... Yeah. Kind of... Yeah. And again, when you kill the devil, it's still going to hit you. It's going to hit you, or more likely... It's one of those problems of it's a it is a one one, but it's going to trade for anything with two toughness or less. It's basically they are vindictive little buggers. Exactly. Like uh, you still have the link I sent, right? That has all I the do. tokens. Yeah, like I do. they even look mean. I don't know how, but the devil token art has managed to set a femur on fire and is going to stab you with it. <laughs> this is true. And then, really quickly, before we move on to anything else, I think this is going to be a fairly short episode just in general, because we don't have a big topic this time. By that, no. I mean we've only been going 40 minutes already. Um, is the clues, because there are six of them. And they're all supposed to be things that have happened, and most of them actually have flavor text from Tomio's journal. Mm -hmm. So do you want to just bounce back and forth between them? Okie doke. So, so our tokens... Mm-hmm. Uh, just the so, clue tokens. Okay, so the first clue token is a what looks like an amulet. Yeah, so you've I don't recognize the symbol. I don't either. That's the kind of a cool that's the cool part. Um it's a round amulet, looks like it's made out of brass or some sort of a dull gold. Or maybe wood. And something uh, I wouldn't say wood, it's got too much of gleam for wood and it doesn't have any sort of graining. I think the outside looks too clean for wood, but the inside might be wood. Possibly. Um, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out the symbol on there, because that is a weird symbol. Yeah, it's um, I'm not familiar with at all. So it looks like, I'm just looking at the symbol, it looks like you have a circle uh, with what looks like claws coming off of it. I was going to say J's, but that works too. It looks kind of like, um, like clawed fingers, is or, what it makes me think of. Like if you curled your fingers into tenons. a claw. Okay, we. I, I, I will agree with tentacles. Um, I'm and totally not pushing something here. I know, right? <laughs> the flavor text on this card is, their chanting grows louder as the tide rises. And that's from Tomio's journal. Because something that's happening, which is a tie-in to the magic stories, is that the tide has gone wonky somehow. It doesn't listen to the moon anymore. Nope, no more. The moon is no longer doing stuff. Someone else is messing with it. I also take back everything I said about wood because I'm realizing that there are shells next to it. This was dropped, like, at a beach. So it might be in the drown yard? It probably is in the drown yard because they I'm would be the ones chanting about tides. Yep. So up next we have a bloody giant feather of the purest snowy white covered in blood next to... I know who that's from. Or uh, there, there's a lot of them that are serving said person now. Uh, and it's laying on the bloodied arm of probably a dead person. Yeah. With angels came mysteries, Tamio's journal. So basically she's going, what the hell? Why are they killing people? Okay, the next clue. Um, looks like it's taking place at Markov Manor, like a chunk of Markov Manor that's currently falling apart. Um, yeah. So if you look at any of the stuff talking, any of the cards that concern Markov Manor, uh, you can see how it's currently falling apart, and chunks of it are floating in zero gravity. So the flavor text on this 
Remember to have Jenrik search Markov Manor. Well, so now we know why that hidden. guy was there. Exactly. And really quickly, because I have never heard of this person before, he is a blue-aligned astronomer from the plane of Innistrad, who is widely respected but feared for his for what his knowledge might hold. He is believed to appear on... You're not going to tell me what this card is, are you? You're, you're not. Oh, of course you're not. God darn it. Uh, along with a particularly bare stretch of the Silver Beach Lumina Tall Tower, the mortar has been mixed... Da, 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 da. Yeah, so he's an astronomer. He keeps away werewolves with wards. Yeah, da, da, da. There's nothing here that is not just he's an astronomer. And he apparently worked with Tomio in some way. Um... Oh, he is on the card Lunar, uh, Lunar Mystic and referred to on the card Towergeist, which is Generic's tower serve, uh, is served by those who once sought to enter it uninvited. Ah, god damn. Generic's tower is served by those who once sought to enter it uninvited. And then he appears in Lunar Mystic, which is two colorless and two blue, creature, wizard, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. With the flavor text, I am pleased this world has learned the moon affects more than the tides. Tamio, the moon sage. Oh, wait. That explains how the journal got to Markov Manor. Yes, it does. Because wasn't it in the hands of a human? Apparently, and apparently it's this dude who is Hey-o. now dead. That's not, that question has now been answered. Yes, it has. Um... That's cool. All right, so the I next... Mean, it's a little bit list. weird that we have never heard of this person before. The next one is a cryptolith. It, it's rather literally just a cryptolith pointing to the right side of the page. With you some ever sort of like, that they look like herons? A little bit, yeah, and I think that's probably they supposed to be part of, of it. Uh, and it's they also kind of look like slivers, but that probably has nothing to do with it. Because even slivers don't look like slivers anymore. <laughs> and it does have like a weird blue mana-y fire sort of thing off the top mm-hmm. of it, but not anything particularly amazing. For every answer, three questions. <laughs> Which I actually kind of like because <laughs> there is a, the Tomio's Journal card lets you sacrifice three clues and go tutor up any card from your deck that you want. Exactly. I, I think it's just being silly, but whatever. Okay, so the next clue... Um, it looks like a scepter with the Avacyn, the temple, uh, I guess it looks like the Lunark council uh, symbol? It's the collar of Avacyn. Thank you. Uh, the collar of Avacyn on it, it looks like it's cracked and kind of old. Um, it looks like it's bent in it really, really does, strange like, directions. Like, I can't describe how it's warped. strange, but it feels strange. Uh, and the flavor text for that is the symbols. When did they change? And then finally we have... What is actually a really strange piece of stained glass, because it is a stained glass piece of Avacyn, but it is, like, corrupted Avacyn. It is her hair stained with blood, her eyes are now pitch black, her armor is spiked. It's like, someone made this since she went crazy, and it's now broken and lying on the ground, so Avacyn probably wasn't super happy about it. It's kind of beautiful, though. It is. It's a little bit creepy. I mean, there's also cracks but i like how none of the cracks are actually focused on the center they just you start to see them as you expand out and there's a really nice use of shading where you can actually see the cobblestones underneath as well 
And there's a strange symbol on the left bottom side that I, I have never seen before. Too. Yeah, I, I don't know that symbol. Yeah, and there's no reference to it at all, so I don't know. Uh, the statement here is, Consider this, the shepherd turns on her flock. Why? Ooh, yeah. That's cool. That's I'm hoping cool. that we'll get to see more clues and things as we move through, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. By the way, I did find the card that I was looking for. Uh-huh. So if you go look at the card Throttle. Uh, right, that got to reprint this set, didn't it? The black card. Hang on. Da, 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 da. That's from Concert here. Oh, right, it's the, like, devilish thing. Deem yeah. I'd probably call that more a demon. Oh, yeah, more Raymond Swanland art. I just, I'm wondering what that is. I, I'm almost wondering if that's what's going to come through the portal. I think that's just a demon, because we've seen some weird demons on Innistrad before. Fair enough. Uh... Victim discovered at dawn with mouth agape, eyes bulging, no evidence of blood loss or dismemberment, severe bruising around the neck. Valon? V-A-L-L-O-N? Thraben Inspector. Valon, I think. I think there's actually a card for... Uh, yeah, there is a card, because it's actually being played a fair bit. It's uh, Thraben Inspector that... I know on Monday Night Magic they cannot stop calling him de, uh, uh, or her technically. Uh, oh, this is the card we really liked. This is the one that has like the weird blight on it. Yeah, that. But, but they, then it's like the, on, the beautiful disgust in her face. Yeah, on Monday Night Magic they keep calling her. Oh, I can't do the full thing because it requires remembering what the Inspector Gadget theme is. But it's the <laughs> the like beginning riff of it. it Inspector. Inspector. Except it's uh, that, but Inspector Thraben. Inspector Thraben, 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 that thing? Yeah, but just the one line. They just do like okay. the, the first riff and then just Inspector Thraben. Okay. And it's in my head, but I cannot replicate it because I have no sense of rhythm at all. <laughs> but yeah, she's actually a cool one. She's, she's a cool one because she's very much a, you play me turn one and automatically, no matter what, you have a turn two play. You can, she comes exactly. in, she gives you a clue, and you can sacrifice it to draw a card. Next mm -hmm. turn. Yeah. I am curious to see what's going to come next with this. Me um, too. I'm wondering how they're going to play off these mechanics, because this is also the second set that we're going to see where they've had these, like, two-set blocks. So, I'm just not, I'm, I'm waiting to see how it turns out. I want to know how they're going to finish this. What is Me going too, to be? Yeah. I mean, we already know that Soren is going to have to destroy Avacyn. But that happens in this set. So what's going to happen next? Yes. It's going to exactly. be whatever Nahiri is planning is going to start, but I don't know how it's going to end. I'm almost worried that it's going to backfire on her. Maybe. I mean, we do also have a weird thing where there's this sort of, they don't cover it very much so far. I hope they actually come back to this part where there's an... There's basically a civil war going on between the humans where you have the Lunark Council that apparently is infiltrated by members of the Skurzdag, the demon worshippers, and just in general, mm -hmm. they're kind of going batty and are yeah. murdering people and committing inquisitions. Ormandal. Yeah, and then there's the crazy people summoning <laughs> Ormondal. But then you have this other subsect of the people who are led by Thalia, not 
No, uh, uh, not Thalia. That's that's an angel, I think. Oh no! Oh shoot! Thalia, oh, yeah, Thalia. Thalia. yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. looking at Thalia's lieutenant, and for some reason couldn't think Thalia, who like she we... heads up the three the three inspectors. No, she heads up the. Uh, I want to say she called it the Knights of Saint Traft. She named her new organization after Saint Traft specifically. Uh, it might actually say it on the card that now does what Saint Traft. Invocation. Oh, hey, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Something weird. Nope, um, go the... to the card. Confront the unknown. Hang on. Okay, let's see. Okay. I so you can... figure on the right hand side. Maybe I can't spell. Look at his shoulder piece. Hang on. Okay, it's a green card. If that helps at all. Da, 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 da. Con- are you sure it's confront the unknown? Yes. Uh, because I have the physical card in my hand right now. Oh, that's weird. It wasn't showing up when I said the unknown, but confront works fine. Uh, I have a small version of the art. Oh! Yeah. You see it? On the right shoulder? Or look, I guess in... I'm looking at it on the right-hand side. It yeah. was the left shoulder. No, no, yeah, so it yeah. is his left shoulder. So that is the symbol of the Inquisition on that clue. Yeah. I think. This might also... No, no, no. This is a cleric. Uh, we see them, someone in very similar garb. Oh, shoot. Where did I just put it? The uh, In the tokens, there's a cleric token. And I've apparently del- closed that tab. There's a where cleric token you? wearing something very similar. Yeah. Uh, very bottom right of that page. Yes, So I see, this is I'm a cleric... That symbol. He doesn't have the symbol on him. He's just wearing similar clothing. Yeah. You don't see him from the side at all. So I think that might actually no. be one of these cultists. This is Thalia, one of Thalia's f- folks fighting the... Okay, I need to look up what this thing is. Uh, Saint Traft. I mean, it also looks like there's some crazy tentacles coming out of his face, off the side of his mask. And it looks like it's the top of... Um, the cryptolets, his helmet in Confront the Unknown. The helmet, I agree. I'm not seeing the tentacles, but I'm also not looking at super great art. It's yeah, I, I literally, I have the card maybe three inches away from my face, because let's be honest, my eyesight's not the best. Okay. But I'm just like, I'm just studying it. Okay, there's a thing from St. Trap. I'm. What is the name? God darn it. There's a... Oh, here we go. Finally found it. So on Tenacity, which is three wo- three colors and one white, instant, uncommon. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain lifelink until end of turn. Untap those creatures. With the flavor text, Thalia established the Order of St. Traft in an effort to bring together Cathars who would stand against the corruption of the Lunar Council. So she's pulling together the formerly uh, religious members of the, basically, soldier religious soldier army that the Lunar Council had established and used to be necessary and pulling them against the now announced Inquisitions. But it looks like she's also trying to deal with the cultists as well. Oh my god, I just had a connection that just made itself known in my brain. Hmm. And okay, that was? So, in, I will explain. Ah. In the very first uh, story, Under the Silver Moon, the, uh, so, do you remember the Palters? Mr. and Mrs. Palter? Mrs. Palter was summoning the demon Ormondal? Yep. 
Mr. Palter used to be a Cathar, a Lunark Cathar. And yep. he gives the two main characters uh, a talisman. Oh. Yes. But that's not the symbol of the Lunarks. That's the, like, cult symbol. Which yeah. I'm going to say continues to reinforce this whole I'm... Okay, I just noticed what she meant about the symbol changing. Um, sorry. The... No, I didn't. I'm lying. The Jigger. God, son of a... I don't remember anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm think that the symbol, now that we know it is tied to the cultists, I think reinforces that it's probably maybe Eldrazi. We'll have to wait and see. But I think they it, might be coming. I think it's. I think that is what I think she's trying to bring through because I, it feels I think, at the very least. I think that's what she's trying to bring through. Not entirely sure if that's what she's going to successfully bring through, but we'll see. Because it feels like she's building a, a a portal to be like, you know what? You screwed up my plane. I'm going to screw up your plane. Yup. Feel the wrath. Sorry, I'm looking through really quickly to see if I can find any more folks who have horrible mutations again. Just doing a really quick yeah. run through. I don't I don't expect to find too many on a quick glance, but it's always worth a, a nice try. Duh, 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 duh. I must say wait, that wait. always watching is the most terrifying card ever. Oh god, Human Rogue has an extra finger, it looks like. Which one? Coming out of his wrist. Uh, sorry, Tooth Collector. Oh yeah, he's he's a creepy dude. He's it's beautiful. It's a such a cool card. It's like if Doc Brown went nutty. I still continue, dude. Why do you need all these teeth? <laughs> but if you look at the left, so if you look at the bottom of the card, um, it looks like he has an extra finger growing out of his wrist. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm moving through uh, by color. So I was starting with white. Yeah. And it looks like there aren't too many in white. Makes sense. Yeah, because they're mostly normal people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Invasive surgery, that's horrifying. Agreed. Lamplighter of Selhoff is hilarious and wonderful. It's basically a stitcher went, I need something to carry as many lamps as possible. Seriously. So, I'll give it a whole bunch of arms and then stick some hands into its back just to make sure. There are not a ton of humans or even, like, humanoid things in here, so that's not great. Yeah, so behind be. the scenes has a whole bunch of things screwed up. He's also, the guy in that also has uh, webbed fingers. Hey, Steven, I think the, you know the symbol that we were talking about? The, like, um, circle with tentacle the weird, things? Yeah, I think they're working for Nahiri. Yeah, I don't know if they're working for Nahiri, but I think they are worshipping whatever she's trying to bring through. White card Nahiri's, um, ma- I hate this. Machinations? Ma- machinations. I never... I- the word machine is a, is a sh sound, but it's like machinations. Yeah, Nehiri's machinations has... I think she is not so much having people work for her, so much as just they are following mm. her, and it is suiting her needs right now. Fair enough. I don't think she really cares all that much about them, and will just walk away as soon as she's done. I could see that happening. Yeah, I'm still not seeing any more horribly mutated people. I mean... Uh, broken concentration in blue is creepy i mean what what color are you in right now i'm scrolling down to red but again i'm doing like a really quick look over uh broken concentration's got some let's see mm-hmm. no um i must I say mean, that all i those love lovely stitcher monsters yeah but they're creepy. they probably weren't mutated they were just screwed up by stitchers yeah, i love no, the darn duelist because he's just 
One, he's way too happy. Two, he's literally like, I stab you, and he's throwing, like, a weighted cloak over you just to make sure that, like, you can't get away. It's like, I have yet to find my equal. And just ignoring the (laughs) fact that I am blatantly cheating. Uh, Looks like Byway Courier might be missing fingers on her left hand. I mean, we talked about our our, our lovely friend, Grotesque Mutation, already. Yep. And I noticed that... Murderous Compulsion... Yeah, I'm not seeing... I'd love to study that one, like, close up. Might be on reason. Dude has some screwed up stuff on him, but that's mostly because he seems to have some sort of, like, scaly freckles all over him. (laughs) Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I'm surprised that Root Out isn't in some way related to... Well, I'm surprised that the art on Root Out is not used for clues, because it's like a rock tied to a true Avicinian symbol. It just mm-hmm. looks really interesting, and I don't know why we're not seeing something like that more. Because it's that sort of Kessig, we believe in Avicen, but we... We don't depend upon her yeah, as We much. don't depend on her. We, like, make our way still. It's that very much that northern, like, we got this, we'll handle it ourselves. Yeah. Like, uh... I Death say, Cap Cultivator. Did you look at that? That, That I think, is just a dude who lets his mushrooms grow on him because he's weird. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's... Slayer's Plate looks creepy. sweet. It has nothing to do with mutations. It just looks sweet. Which one? Slayer's Plate. It's a uh, artifact equipment for three. Equipped creature gets plus four, plus two. Whenever equipped creature dies, if it was a human, put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token onto the battlefield uh, with flying onto the battlefield, and it equips for three. It just seems like a really ah, good card. Yes. Okay. Um, I think that really just kind of wraps up with, like, talking about the madness, delirium mechanic, and what it means for the storyline. Yeah, I mean, there were other abilities in previous Innistrad, but that focused more on the whole, like, death and the humans being this under, not underprivileged, uh, this, like, beaten down group, where you had- Essentially, they're cattle. Yeah, where you had, like, morbid that would trigger off of, that was similar to- delirium where it would trigger off of things dying in a turn you'd get an extra bonus or um there was fateful hour which was just dumb because it was you get an extra bonus if you're at five or less life like if i'm at five or less life i don't think one card is going to really help that much it 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 was not my favorite mechanic ever then we had flashback because we already have a bunch of things pulling stuff out of the graveyard. Might as well find a way to, like, pull spells out of the graveyard. Exactly. Thank God they didn't bring that back. It would have been bad. Mostly because... Paired with... Hmm? I was going to say, mixed with madness and delirium, it could be kind of dangerous. It's more of just, well, yeah, it would be dangerous, but then you also have to deal with the fact that you're bringing in an ability that... So whenever you cast a spell with flashback from the graveyard, you exile it, then you have to deal with all of the extra stuff of, oh, well, my opponents have Eldrazi. They can just, like, go, hey, hey, that exiled stuff. Put it back in your graveyard because I get an extra bonus. But now you can cast it again. So there, there's just so many reasons why that's a bad idea. And I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, What were the other... Would you like to know... Hmm? Oh, we did forget to talk about the werewolf one, but it's super quick and easy. It's supposed to be the, like, changing of the moon. Yeah. It's the... I I guess the idea is that the zero 
don't, no one casts any spells. It's supposed to be a silent night where nothing should go wrong, but all of the werewolves transform. Yeah. And then the cast two spells is the coming of the next morning, when everything, you sort of have to look on and see, okay, how badly did things go? Yeah. Um, Let's see. But I mean, thinking back at original Innistrad, yeah, they had these, the same werewolf transform mechanic. They had Morbid, they had Faithful Hour in Dark Ascension, Undying, which was pretty simple. The damn thing wouldn't stay dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Avison Restored was sort of its own thing, but had that weird stuff with having, oh lord, what's it called? Soul Bond, which was an entirely unique mechanic that I don't think they'll ever return to because it was just strange. It was cool, but it was really strange. And there was another one. Because they they didn't have transform cards and they didn't have flashbacks, so they had to bring in another mechanic, and I just don't recall what it was. It didn't make a big impression. I assumed as much. Yeah, Avazin Restored was... It wasn't a bad set by any means. It just wasn't the best set. Which is yeah. bad. Innistrad was amazing. And Dark Ascension and, was kind of dumb. And I mean, Shadows Over Innistrad is shaping up to be kind of a cool set. Oh, yeah. So like, I I was kind of interested in Cons of Turkey in general because, yay, it's Cons. It's interesting. And then they kind of screwed up that world. And they've even admitted that they screwed up that world by leaving it with the dragons in control now. Yay. And mm, then, That's not a good idea. Yeah, and then Return to Zendikar was... Interesting. I really like Eldrazi, but at the same time, I don't know why. It just didn't grab me the same way. And I just did not care about Theros at all, so. Yeah, you also just have, like, a general, like, hate for Jace. Yeah, but Jace hasn't even been involved in most of this. I mean, he was involved in uh, the Zendikar a little bit, but even then, it was basically he showed up at the end and went, I'm going to do a thing! Let me touch it! I'm going to be involved in this story somehow. It's like he found the pattern for anchoring the Eldrazi to to be completely physically locked into the world. Like, why why <laughs> did you find that out? Did, yeah. In someone's mind? Why didn't they share it? Did, uh, Again, it's like, yay, wait, protagonist coming in and saving the day! What? Yay! I mean, we already had literally the elf girl, the crazy fire star, like, <laughs> fire woman, and uh, the, the, the Gideon, who's yeah, who looks kind of white, but they finally started to fix it since he was supposed to be were he from America from not America from our world. He's supposed to be like Indo-Iranian, I believe, is the official story because he's from okay. Theros. So they've started to make him look more like that. Kind st- of a mixture of like Greek Mediterranean. Yeah, sort of. I still love the way that. Loading Ready Run just looks out and goes, like, he looks like a Chad, so we call him Chad. <laughs> I could totally see that. And back when... Oh my god. Uh, the mana Liana refers did, to him as an anatomy display. And then when, when the mana pool did, I think it was called Mythic Consultation, which were basically ask a question and they would write stuff for how certain planeswalkers would answer it. And it was wonderful because this was back when Sarkon was completely batty. They had running a running joke of like, yeah, he's been living in our bathroom for like two weeks. And then just they come back and it's like, he's now moved into the dumpster and is shouting his demands into the building. 
and it was just they made Gideon just be a bro, and it just felt so appropriate. He looks like a bro. He that's really a, does, like a muscle bound bro. Yeah, and that's why Loading Ready Run calls him Chad because it's a very bro name. He totally looks like a Chad. Like I'm pretty I sure. I can approve. Point, they were talking about how they have a like yearly, uh, the 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 snowboarding skiing skiing trip, and. One year they did a feed dump from, which is their like goofy news show, from the hot tub, which is now a regular thing they do every year they do this. But they were talking about how their upstairs neighbors during the ski trip, they were pretty sure like four of them were named Chad and were drinking the <laughs> version, like whatever the Canadian version of just like Paps Blue Ribbon, the stuff that you get for a dollar for a 12-pack. Oh, God, like Natty Light. Yeah, some, but the Canadian, uh, whatever uh, it is. Uh, and they were uh, uh, them down over. It's like, and we're pretty sure they're all named Chad except one guy. So, yeah. Named Mark? Probably, I don't remember. It, it was Something many, like Bowie. If you have not seen Loading Ready Run stuff, they're the folks who do Friday Nights. You should check them out. They're very silly and funny. They also run a whole bunch of other stuff. A lot. They stream basically every day of the week. I think that sort of got into final thought ter- territory. Are you I think to so. Finish up before we head over to the remaining extra bits while I edit. I mean, I think uh, some cool stuff that I've listened to this weekend. Like, um, so there's a podcast that I listened to recently. I listened to the first three episodes of it. It's called "The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium." Hmm. I've never heard you of. You need to listen to it. It is fantastic the storyline is interesting um the uh it's mostly narrated by jermaine clement who's a part of fly of the concords i was about to say that name sounds remarkably familiar but not yeah it is to it but that someone has probably told me and if he's from fly of the concords i can think of four people who would have told me about him I mean, I I don't really know any Fly of the Concords music, but I Either will say that folks who really like it. Yeah, the mysterious secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium is awesome. It is like a, it's completely ridiculous. It's oh my gosh! It takes place in uh, seventeen sixty eight. So the main character is looking for the source of all pleasure in the world, Heaven's Clover. He's a botanist. And it's ridiculous, and it's funny, and it's incredibly well narrated. And they even have, like, sound effects and fantastic music, and it's wonderful. And the storyline is beautifully absurd. I know the first three episodes are free um, via your standard uh, iTunes podcasting. And then the rest you can find on their website, um, howl.fm. And I think it's $5 for a monthly subscription or $4.99 for a monthly subscription. And you get a bunch of other stuff. This is the same people who put on WTF by Mark Maron. I, wait, what? WTF by Mark Maron was just him. That was the whole thing. It was supposed to be him out of his garage. But there's also there's also extra content by him on this website. Oh, if you remember. weird. Sorry, I just don't care for him anymore. Mm. <laughs> I I have his podcast downloaded, but I'm just kind of meh at this point. There's like 600 episodes to get through, and I don't have that kind of time, especially yeah, not when they're to be re-listened to. And there there are certainly ones where if I hear that he's interviewing someone that I actually really care about, I'll be like, yeah. But most of the time, it's just sort of a I don't care because he's going to hijack it somehow and end up talking about his stuff, and I don't care about his stuff anymore. 
Yeah. I'm listening to it because I used to listen to it because it was, he was a really good interviewer. Well, a good interviewer and didn't focus on himself. But now he tries to, for a while there, he had a really bad habit of, oh, you were, you did shows in New York. I used to live in New York for X amount of time and I played at this place. Did you ever play at this place? Oh, you're not a comedian. Well, this place was this great, great comic club and, yeah, and it would just ramble ah. about his own past. But I think he got a lot. I, I'm, I've been led to believe that he f- like got a bit better. I know that his interview with President Obama was actually pretty good. That's always cool. Like that one I listened to. I went out of my way to listen to. Um, but yeah, uh, let me see. Anything else I've listened to, watched, or read recently? Um, I'm, re- I'm re-watching The Twilight Zone because, let's be honest, creepy is fun. Hmm. Um, I, you know I like creepy, macabre yeah. stuff. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, new posts on Nian.net on the blog, How to Hide a Body. Yep, they are now. They are regularly there are, it's a ten part series that will be coming out every Tuesday and Thursday at eight AM uh ma- Central? No, Mountain Time. Mountain Time. Mountain Time, yeah. Um, um I'm trying to think if I've been doing anything, because I mean I I just work and I work and I work, but then I come home <laughs> and I was and I, traveling this weekend. You know, I come home and then I record videos because so we've got two different let's plays running right now. Right now they come out both an episode on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're probably going to change that up just so that there's always an episode coming out. Trying to do an Overwatch video a week, uh, Overwatch lore video a week, but they take significantly more effort. And seeing as I'm still working full time. And looking at doing multiple jobs, yay, fun. It doesn't actually work out quite that well, but we're trying to do more of them. We've got, if you have any interest in Overwatch at all, I would suggest going and checking some of them out, because I think they're fairly interesting, and if the view numbers compared to the rest of my videos are any indication, they seem to be fairly interesting to other people. Um... I mean, yep, please remember to check out all of our YouTube stuff at... The Lair of Lore. Literally everything we can f- we do is going to go up on YouTube, including this podcast. Though, once again, still no video for that, because frankly, this is mostly an audio thing. You can find us at nian.net, that's N-I-I-A-N. If you want to subscribe directly to us, there will be an RSS feed link in the show notes. It is just nian.net slash lorecast slash format equals RSS question mark as it should be. Uh, that will include also on uh, MTG Cast, and if you want to help us out, at least pay for the site, and maybe get access to the Derpy Puppy feed, as well as the Bits and Bobs, which is the stuff we record before and after the show, which is where we go completely uncentered and just talk about whatever on earth we want to, you can give to patreon.com slash lore. Again, all of these are in the show notes. You can email us at info at neon.net. Um, what is your Tumblr, Miriam? Princesspigoelprocrastinator.tumblr.net. Which is and I can also, also be reached, in the show notes. Yeah, I can also be reached through all of the various uh, emails, which I believe it's info at... What was it? What's our email again? Neon.net. I just said it. Info at neon.net. Yes. Yeah, we're... E- I can also be reached at info at neon.net. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of that yeah. I have to add in for this 
all the rest of our down. yeah our Facebook, Twitters, all the well my Twitter, all of that is in our show notes as well. Please feel free to check them all out. I don't think we've got too much more left to say. I mean, I haven't been watching or doing anything particularly interesting. We've been trying to figure out our new Netflix binging show recently, so we'll see if we ever actually come up with one. And I've been organizing and finalizing my list for the 50 sci-fi movies. Oh, other news. Uh, There will be a mini draft that I will be helping with this upcoming weekend that I will probably mention sometime next week. Uh, Like the cool cards that were drawn, things like that, decks that were built. Um, Theoretically, if it's at a reasonable time, I will even be at that mini draft. Yay! (gasps) Let's gasp! Yep. Finally get to play some Shadows over Nistrad, (laughs) because I had to work during the... basically the entire time that there was a pre-release going on, and I just did not care to... There's a weird thing in Denver where a lot of places do... like, they'll do drafts, but they almost always play for picks. So you don't keep anything you actually draft, and I've never been a fan of that for no good reason, honestly. Yeah. So, eh. But with that, I don't think we have anything else left for you, so please enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening.